Welcome to the Writing to Get Business podcast, where you'll get tips to expand your writing skills. Every week, you'll hear tips and strategies to support your writing. Pat Iyer is your show hostess, a ghostwriter, editor, and author who has written 48 books. Sit back, relax, and listen. Here's your hostess, Pat Iyer. Hi, this is Pat Iyer with Writing to Get Business. I have with me a woman named Susan Friedman, who I first heard at an NSA conference, National Speakers Association conference. It's got to be at least at least seven or eight years ago, Susan. Susan did a program on exhibiting at conferences. It gave me some wonderful ideas that I implemented in my business. And I have since reconnected with her because we both have podcasts on the C-Suite Network, which is the largest business podcast network in the world. Susan is the owner of Aviva Publishing Company and agreed to talk with me today to give you some inside perspectives on the publishing world. Susan, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate being here. And, you know, um, Pat was uh, my guest on Book Marketing Mentors, and her session is going to be live uh, within the next few weeks. And so you can send people to a link to that as well. Perfect. Thank you. I've just mentioned you were involved in exhibiting, now you're involved in publishing, and maybe you've had other lives as well in addition to those two. How did you get from teaching people about exhibiting and marketing to having your own publishing company? I love that question. And in fact, the two actually ran parallel because believe it or not, um, when I got into exhibiting, First of all, I'd been laid off three times and I thought it's enough already. I started my own business. I wanted to stand out from the crowd. And so I specialized in exhibiting at trade shows of all things. It was something that I'd been very interested in. And in my world of PR and marketing that I'd been involved with, I had done several trade shows for clients and I thought, you know what they need? These exhibitors need to know how to exhibit at shows. So I thought, what better thing to train people on than that? Well, fast forward maybe two or three years after I'd started my business and I was at an NSA workshop. And one of the questions that I asked a gentleman by the name of Nido Cobain, who I'm sure you, Pat, have heard of. He's one of the heroes in NSA. And I said, Nido, tell me, if I needed a pearl of wisdom, what would it be? And he said, write a book. Okay, very well, good, I'll write a book. And he said, Doesn't matter if it doesn't get published, just write the book and self-publish it if you need to. Great. Okay. So I thought, well, I'm not sure about this self-publishing thing. Um, I'm going to go after a publisher, traditional publisher. 
So I looked at who might be a good fit for me, and I found a company called Chris Publications, who published at the time a book they called 50-Minute Books. You could read that book in 50 minutes. And I thought, brilliant. This was the kind of publisher that would be right for the kind of writing that I, I like to do, which is very down-to-earth, nuts and bolts. So I approached them. They weren't interested. Ex you know, trade show exhibiting, who's interested in that? So I said, you know what? And I tried to make a case for it. And uh, well, after three attempts at proposals, they finally said, okay, we'll give it a try. And so that was my first book. And in fact, believe it or not, Pat, they, you know, after being turned down three times, which I know isn't very much. I mean, there are people who've been turned down 30 times or more. But um, that book in different forms sold over a quarter of a million copies. Really? So that wasn't bad. That that's, wasn't bad. That, that's huge. <laughs> it is. For us. For a niche subject like that. Exactly. Exactly. Susan. That's a whole, whole subject. But going to oh. um, how did I start the publishing company was as a result, because after that, it was, I couldn't find anybody to publish work. And uh, so I decided to self-publish and do even, what Nido said. Even with that 250,000 copy history? Yes, because those were, it was specific to um, a, a certain client and the client was actually within the exhibiting industry. Hmm. So this was the great thing about um, niching myself within a target audience that I wrote specifically for that audience and found specific buyers to buy customized versions of the book. Okay. So it's, it's um, a great tactic um, and I've used it a few times and I definitely recommend it to my authors. But I started the publishing company really to publish my own work. I had no idea that I would, you know, 25 years later have published over 400 titles for other independent authors. So, yeah, it's maybe more of a, a longer answer to your question wow. than you expected. <laughs> well, let me go back a couple of steps because you've given us so many things to, for me to pull apart there. You mentioned customizing books, and that's not something that I know all of our listeners will be familiar with. Can you describe what that means in your okay. world when you customize a to. book? Very much so. Interestingly enough, it actually came, it wasn't, it's not my, it was not my idea at all. It was something that Chris Publications did uh, as part of, in, they published the book that went into the bookstores, just like any other book, uh, any other traditional book, published book. And then they also had another arm of the book that would customize the book. And the idea here was they would, you would have a different cover and then a letter from the president of the company that would be inserted inside the book. 
And the rest of the book was exactly the same mm -hmm. as the, you know, standard copy. But it was the customized version that sold copies. You know, the other one, yes, I was selling in onesies and twosies, but the customized version, I sold a couple of thousand just like that because what the clients did was they gave them away to their customers or their prospects. So it was a great book to give away. Um, and then I decided to approach this. those two uh, were for the 2000 were for what they call a custom exhibit house. And then I thought, well, okay, let me go to what they call portable exhibits. And those are those 10 by 10s that you just pop up and very familiar with in, them. in place. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I went to a company and I said, Hey, you know, how would you like this book? And they said, no, it's, it's too big. It's too expensive how about you writing a abbreviated version of the book for us? And that's exactly what I did. And so I took the book and I took, you know, main parts of it, condensed it into, it, I think it's like a 20 page book booklet, but it was the same, reg same size as a regular book. And they published in five languages. Um, and as I said, over a quarter of a million of them. And we did it twice. We did that twice. Well. <laughs> I led you off a whole different track than we were going to go, I know. <laughs> as we say in Jersey, Susan, you're done good. I done good. I know. And it, it's, it was something, you know, I didn't set out to do it this way. But, you know, once I saw there was an opportunity, I ran with it. And uh, I think that's something that people can do, especially if they're in a niche market. And as you know, that's one of the things that I specialize in is working with my authors to help them identify their niche market and then how to penetrate that market once they've identified it. To go full circle on the customized book concept, I know of people or I know of the model that you're describing of changing the cover or putting a company logo on the cover of the book and then forward by the company president giving that to employees. I've also heard of people, although I have not done it personally with any of the 50 books that I've written or edited, of taking a concept like sales techniques for car salesmen, sales techniques for real estate agents, sales techniques for insurance salesmen, taking that same core content, but changing the examples, changing some words, and then repurposing that content. Is that also a model that you recommend, you're familiar with? Absolutely. And that's actually the model, the exact model that, um, you know, other people have used. Uh, and it's a very effective model because you don't have to rewrite the book. Yeah, you know, I could have said if I'd wanted to, I did not. 
excuse me, uh, I did not do this, but I could have said exhibiting for real estate agents, exhibiting for car salesmen, uh, for healthcare professionals. I could have taken that book and just inserted examples that related to that particular industry mm -hmm. and um, sold it again into those industries or to let's say a specific dealership or to a specific real estate agent um, yeah I did something related to that but in a, a different way I took a book that I wrote for online networking for legal nurse consultants that I wanted to release in April at a conference and the live conference was canceled. We're talking now in 2020, so everything came to a halt in the speaking industry. And I created an online course from the book, and then I created a different version of the online course for entrepreneurs. So I didn't come out with two books, but I came out with two different courses, but with a core amount of information the same and just changing examples and wording for the legal nurse consulting audience versus the entrepreneurial audience. And that yeah, turned out at to the be end a of very the day, successful model. Yes, I mean, at the end of the day, the strategies are often the same. It's just putting it in the context of that particular industry um, mm -hmm. that makes the difference. So, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, sales is sales. Um, let's say whether you're in healthcare or in your education or if you're in car dealerships. Mm -hmm. You started a publishing company and then how did you get that first client in by offering to publish that person's book as opposed to your own books? So I continued to publish my own books and literally I met a gentleman and uh, his name's Patrick Snow and he said to me, um, I happened to meet him at, I think it was an NSA event, believe it or not, everything happens through NSA and he was actually exhibiting, I think, at a workshop and we were in Portland, Oregon and he knew about Aviva Publishing. And he said to me, would, you pub would I publish his book? And I'd never even thought of publishing a book for another person. And I thought, well, why not? <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. I was like, I do it for myself. Why can't I do it for somebody else? Well, I did his book and uh, he turned out to go into being a writing coach and then he sends everybody he works with to me to publish their work and now I'm working with him and some other writing coaches who send me their clients so believe it or not, I do. it's all word of mouth. I do not do any advertising other than on my own websites. <laughs> so I've been very fortunate and I feel very blessed and very grateful to the people who've supported me. And as I said, uh, we're up to about 400 titles now. And every week I'm signing up one or two authors, primarily nonfiction. 
I prefer nonfiction because I like to work with the authors as well in terms of their niche marketing and looking at how they take the book to market because as you know, many authors do not know, you know, who their real target audience is. Um, uh, that's one of actually the first questions I ask authors when they come to me. I say, well, who's your audience? And they said, well, my message is for everyone. I was like, that's great. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you intend to market to everyone? That's always the big question because, you know, not even the greats, the Procter and Gambles of this world try to market to everyone. So, you know, how does little Miss Author or Mr. Author do that on their own? So I feel one of the most important elements that I bring to my authors is the fact of helping them narrow down and focus um, on a particular market and then you know what are they going to do to penetrate that market and I don't believe necessarily in them having to be a bestseller although many of them want to be um, so yes if they want to do that five seconds of um, you know bestsellership on Amazon great um, but to be, you know, a New York Times bestseller or Wall Street Journal or USA Today takes a lot of work, as you well know, and I'm sure you've interviewed people about that uh, aspect of um, writing and publishing. Yes, it certainly is a whole world in and of itself. And I know that you have a podcast that helps to focus on the book launch, the book marketing piece. What is the name of your podcast again? It's Book Marketing Mentors, and it's it at bookmarketingmentors.com. I love to interview experts in different areas of book writing, book publishing, and book editing. I mean, I think you were the, you've, you're the only editor that I've uh, interviewed. But uh, I, I look to vary the, the subject matter as much as possible because I want people to understand that, you know, there's so much that's involved in marketing a book. You know, as you know, writing it is one thing, even though you think you're at the end of the journey, by the time you've published that book, that's only the beginning as we well know. Yes, it is. Yes. And that's knowledge that probably would discourage people if they thought about it in those terms, because it, it's just for the people that I've interviewed on this show, going from zero books to one book is the hardest transition for them to achieve, uh, to struggle with the idea of do I have something to say? Will anybody be interested? How much work is this going to take? How do I do it? And every book after that is easier, but it's hard to get from that first one to the completion of it. And then to realize, well, I've written it. Now I've got to go out and market it. Well, are people just going to find it because it's on Amazon? And, <laughs> no. You know, it's a whole different world. No. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly why I want people to might you know authors to focus on a niche market can you tell me susan about the value of doing a book that would be 
for a specific niche or niche. So writing for a specific niche, as far as I'm concerned, is the most important part of marketing your book and knowing who exactly this book is for. Um, it doesn't have to be a bestseller, Ed, but it needs to appeal to the audience. So let's say you were writing for healthcare in the health, you're, you were a, a former nurse, I believe, correct? Yes, and the nursing profession, we always consider ourselves to be nurses. There's no such thing as a former nurse. Excuse me, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so as a nurse... Correct, you got it. So as a nurse, Pat, if I wanted to write for nurses, and let's say on stress management, then my whole focus in terms of the marketing would be to take it to nurses and market to where nurses hang out. Um, you know, where are they on, which social media platforms are they on? What publications do they read? What conferences do they go to? So all of those things, wherever nurses hang out and do their learning, that's where I want to be as a speaker, a trainer, and then to sell the books. So you're not ever going to get rich on selling the book unless, of course, you're an Obama, you know, a Michelle Obama or J.K. Rawlins, although she wasn't, didn't make it straight away. Um, but the fact is that I do not focus on, I publish the book for authors, but then I say, let's, let's look at how we can penetrate a niche market with your book and then use that book as a tool to open opportunities for speaking, for coaching, perhaps online programs. And obviously now we're doing virtual presentations mm -hmm. more and more. So, yeah. I say on this show that I've probably made about 35 cents an hour in royalties, considering all the work that I put into my books. But the opportunities that those books have opened to me have resulted in, in me making millions of dollars. Certainly not the, the book sales themselves. I think I get royalty checks from my traditional publisher twice a year. I think the last check was like a couple hundred dollars. And they are books that I have not been involved in updating. They're just going through their life cycle and will die a quiet death at some point. But the speaking opportunities, the ability to build a business, to be able to work with attorneys, for example, in helping them with litigation cases, that's where my opportunities came in because of being an author or an editor of books. That, that element of being an author just gives you that seal of approval, that aspect of you're an expert. Um, these days, if you're touting yourself as an expert in a certain area, <clears throat> excuse me, um, then there's an expectation that you have a book if you're saying that you're an expert in this area. And I'd like to go back in the remaining few minutes that we have to, to something that we were talking about when you, you were discussing 
the need to invest time and creativity and diligence in marketing your book. I think there's a perception among at least some of our listeners that if you have a book by that's published by a traditional publisher, and I'm referring to Random House or Penguin or Wiley, the, the New York publishers, the so-called New York publishers, that they do all the work. They have a marketing fleet. They've got salesmen. They take care of everything. The author doesn't have to promote the book. Is that true today? That is old school. That thinking is definitely old school. Yes, it used to be. It used to be that if a, if a publisher, a traditional publisher took you on, that they would, in fact, take on the mar- aspect of marketing. And these days now, when you write a proposal to a traditional publisher, they want what they call a marketing platform as part of that proposal, which means that you are outlining in that proposal how you are prepared to be selling that book. And for them to take you on, they really have to buy into the fact that you are going to do the marketing because they're not going to do the marketing for you. And so it's going to be up to you to do it but it's getting harder and harder to get published by a traditional publisher. And that's another reason so many people love working with me through Aviva Publishing, because the model that I have is one that uh, is an umbrella for independent authors, whereby they're self-published and they keep, the royalties, they keep 100% of the sales of the book. I, and I have no ownership whatsoever over the book. So it's a very different model from many of the other hybrid uh, publishers. But uh, it's worked, as I say, for 25 plus years, over 400 titles working with authors. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that it continues <laughs> that way. <laughs> And well, it will, as long as people are seeking opportunities to become published, they need some guidance. Um, It's a very intimidating process to go through if an individual has not had the opportunity prior to that. Uh, There's a lot of um, mystery surrounding publishing. There's a lot of, for some people, hidden costs that catch them off guard. Um, I interviewed a man not long ago who talked about investing an extraordinary amount of money with his getting his first book published and then realized in hindsight how he could have done it for a fraction of the cost, but he didn't know any better and got him through that zero to one hump that I referred to earlier. but, But in hindsight, he wished that he had taken a different route. And many of my authors actually have done it themselves first and found out exactly what you're saying, that it costs them, you know, an arm and a leg. Um, So I I get a lot of sob stories (laughs) with regard to that. (laughs) So, yes. There are, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who will just take your money. Um, And, 
you know as well as I, there's a lot of ego involved with publishing a book. Um, the idea of the recognition and, and the ego and, and wanting it to be a bestseller, etc. And it's, it's for everyone. The fact is that when you break it down and realize that going back to the whole idea of the book is for a specific target audience. And the more you can do that and the more you uh, understand that, the better it is uh, for you and, you know, the money that you make from the book, um, because you're not going to make money on, on Amazon. You're not, even if you be, become a bestseller, um, it doesn't mean anything. And I know people who've been on Oprah and think, Oh my goodness, this is going to make me. And it didn't. It didn't sell any books for them at all because it was the wrong subject and it was the wrong audience for them. Um, however great it was and however you can tell, you know, hey, I was on Oprah, but it isn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. How can our listeners find out more about your publishing company and the services that you offer? Okay, well... Aviva Publishing, and it's Aviva, and that's A-V-I-V-A, -A, pubs, P for Peter, U-B-S for sugar, dot com, avivapubs.com. And if you write to me at susan at avivapubs.com, I have a little gift for you for... Um, Watching this show, I have 125 ideas you can use to help market your book. Perfect. I know that that's going to be of interest to people. Let me do a quick recap, Susan. We talked about your transition from writing a, a book and helping people with exhibiting to recognizing that there were ways to individualize that book to condense it because of a perception that it was long down to a much smaller version and how to take that content and repurpose it uh, to be able to change the cover and put a letter from the president of the company inside the book and provide that specific book as a giveaway or for employees. I think we also stress the importance throughout this podcast of writing for a niche market so that you could very carefully and tightly target the potential readers of the book, that a book for everybody is a book for nobody. And that mass, that match between the message and the audience is critical for the opportunities that come from a book. We both agree that you won't become a millionaire by selling books, unless you have a huge name, you're probably already a millionaire if that's the case. But it's the opportunities that come from being an author that are the income generating pieces in your life. Yeah, you put and, it so well, because that's exactly how. It is also the fact that um, we have to be careful and be take a buyer beware approach when getting involved in publishing. Look carefully at the expenses. 
there are ways to put together a book without spelling, without spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars or even dozens of thousands of dollars by looking at your options, recognizing that although a traditional publisher is probably not going to ask you for money up front, although some of them do, and I've, I've been hearing about that lately, the traditional publisher, meaning the New York big house publisher, is still going to expect you as the author to do a significant amount of marketing and is most interested in your platform. What are you going to do personally to sell books? So if you have in your mind that a traditional publisher is going to do all the work, that's an old school model. The hybrid publisher will work with you to help promote the book. And if you self-publish the book, you still need to publish, uh, promote the book. So either way, no matter what direction you are going in, it's up to you as the author to sell copies of that book. And there, there's really no escape from that, no matter what model we're talking about. Very much so. Yeah, you you synthesized everything we said. And wow, I suddenly thought we covered a lot of material in in the short time that we've been speaking together. So uh, we, we did. listeners are getting that. a bonus. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Susan. Would you repeat your name of your company and your email address one more time for our listener? Absolutely. So the company is Aviva publishing and it's and the um, website is avivapubs.com and if you write to me at susan at avivapubs.com I have a little gift for you. Perfect. 125 ways to market your Make book. Make money marketing your book. Make money marketing your book. Perfect. Thank you, Susan, so much for being thank a guest you. on Writing to Get Business. And thank to, thanks to you, the person either listening to this on our audio channels at patire.com or through the C-Suite radio network, as well as watching this on our YouTube channel, which is at patire, P-A-T-I-Y-E-R. Thank you so much, and be sure to come back next week and learn from a new guest on a new aspect of writing to get business. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, this is Pat Iyer with Writing to Get Business, and I have with me today Jeff Brandeis. We have just finished talking about his two books that he is releasing almost simultaneously and his unique way of combining his knowledge and how he has moved through his career to end up to a totally different place than where he started. Jeff, tell our listener, what are the highlights of what that person will get by listening to the show? Thanks, Pat. All companies are looking to grow. They're looking to increase revenue and bringing new clients on and being able to communicate with not only your new clients, but also your existing clients. So one of the things, key things that the listeners will learn is how to build rapport faster and actually three times the, the speed in one third the time. So by building rapport, people, as we know, will buy from people that they like and trust. 
And so that's really a key ingredient to closing more sales and growing your revenues. And then the other aspect of it that they'll learn is really a quick five-step sales process that most companies don't have a sales process. So they'll learn these five steps and they should be able to implement them. And again, following a process is very important in anything you do. And if you skip steps in that process, you typically won't get the deal done. So your listeners will learn how to communicate and how to follow a five-step process to increase sales. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jeff. And be sure to get Jeff Brandeis's interview on writing to get business. Thank you, Pat. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out Pat Iyer's resources for writers at writingtogetbusiness.com. That is W-R-I-T-I-N-G-T-O-G-E-T-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S dot com. Coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs work with Pat so they can get more business by writing and sharing their expertise. Check out Pat's resources on writingtogetbusiness.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.